Welcome to In the Deep. I'm your host, Katherine Ingram. The following is excerpted from a session of Dharma Dialogues called The Myth of Happiness. It was recorded in East Hampton, New York in 2014. For the last few years, there's been this huge trend called happiness. You're supposed to be happy. Everybody's into happiness. There are books and university courses. Even one of the new hit songs is happy. Happiness is the new black. (laughs) There's this great pressure, actually, to be happy. It's a peculiarly American thing, actually. I don't notice the pressure when I go elsewhere. (laughs) But here it's very, very in to just be happy. Figure out how to be happy. Aren't you happy? It's the whole thing. It's pretty unrealistic, given the nature of things, to have that expectation. And I think it makes people unhappy to think that they're supposed to be happy so much of the time. I'm not happy all the time. Sometimes I'm very sad. But usually, almost always, I'm quiet in my sadness. I'm not in resistance to the feelings. So I'm not adding on another layer of trouble to the already feeling of sadness. One of my girlfriends called me this morning and told me of she's been in a little mini almost romance <laughs> that's been going on for months with someone she's known a long time. But it, as it's turning out, it looks like it's not going to happen. It doesn't seem that it's working out. And she said, I feel a little sad, but I'm quiet inside. So I hope you all get that. It's possible to sometimes feel sad and quiet in the sadness. That's pretty darn good. That's good enough. Not to demand that you have to be singing zippity-doo-dah every single day, right? It's, it's generally true for almost everyone that there are lots of difficult things. When you're in form and things are falling apart in form and some of the forms are disappearing altogether, or you watch the news. You watch the news. That'll make you sad. Or you just open your heart to what your friends are going through. Then you feel some sadness. Now, I'm not suggesting that you just collapse into these feelings, of course. I'm suggesting that you can live in this quiet abode, in this peaceful stream that allows sadness when sadness arises, that allows feelings of difficulty, that doesn't have this babyish expectation of being happy all the time, and doesn't feel like some kind of failure if you're not happy all the time as though you're somehow not getting the right spiritual, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Spiritual elixir. 
And then actually, seeing my own case, I really don't have much, maybe I could say most of the time, any resistance to whatever feelings are coming through. I don't mind. I don't mind what my mind is doing. Because some very strong part of my attention is just sitting still. Just letting it be. And then it just drifts through as it, in a natural way. It's when we react, when we have another story that says, you know, you're feeling some moments of sadness and you lay it on, oh, I'm, why am I always feeling like this? Why, I'm so sad, I'm so depressed, I'm this, I'm that. That story lays on another layer of trouble. And then, as you've heard me say so many times, it, it then comes with neural chemicals. They're strong. And it probably isn't even true. So many times people have told me, well, I'm always unhappy. And if I happen to know them, or if they've been coming, I say to, say to them, is that really true? Did, weren't we just laughing hysterically the other day about this or that? Even just getting yourself to notice, it's not really true that I'm always unhappy. Sort of, I like to complain when I'm unhappy. <laughs> right? I like to say I'm unhappy. <laughs> but when you're just flowing along and all is well, you usually aren't saying, hey, isn't this great? I'm flowing along and all is well. It's kind of a, you don't even bother to mention it. Because you're immersed in it. You're enjoying it. The myth of this happiness is a torment. The myth of constant happiness. My teacher used to say boldly, no one's happy. <laughs> what he meant by that is, no one's happy all the time. You know? <laughs> Challenge these myths when you hear them. Don't take them on and torment yourself. Some people are conditioned in such a way that their general set point is more buoyant. They just, they just are. We know those people, right? If that isn't your conditioning, don't worry about it. Be happy with your own conditioning. Let it be. If sometimes you feel gloomy, if sometimes you, you may be a high empath, that is, you will be feeling other people's troubles strongly. And if that's the case, you, you will have a lot more sadness than someone who kind of floats above it all. Also, no resistance. I'm thinking about this word content and that, um, I'm, I'm, I'm working on this piece about Diana Breland. I told you about that. And she once said, contentment, that's for the cows, you know. <laughs> um, but then at the same time, I think of this line that Walt Whitman wrote in Leaves of Grass, which is, I think I could turn and live with animals. They are so placid and self-contained. Yeah. 
And I thought, cows, yeah? Yeah. It'd be nice to just be one of them, chewing on the grass. Yeah. Um, but so, but for me, that sense of stillness, because stillness could also, it also has the alertness of animals. You know, yes. which is not, it's like a, it's like a little bit more dynamic than just content, contentment. So, yes. and I find with this thing, it's the imagery that really kind of Helps. either gets you going or, or doesn't, right. you know, yes. that, that, that flips your switch or doesn't. Yes. And, but what I was, um, what I was battling with this week is to be able to get to that place of stillness when the tapes that are running in your mind are demanding resolution of some kind. Yeah. The resolution of a misunderstanding between friends, the resolution of a sadness, the helping someone else reach a resolution they're stretching for, the, the resolution of feelings of, of uh, self-criticism, you know, yeah. they can go back to childhood. Sure. And so to let them go unresolved, it's like you're, 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 you're letting all these live electrical wires just be somewhere while you go somewhere else. And I find that without the resolution, it, it, it still takes me some real, I still don't have a reliable technique to let them go. Yeah. Without resolution. You see? I wonder though if it's possible to, to recognize that not everything will or needs to be resolved in order for you to feel peace, right? That you can be, peace is the first step in the, in the business, right? It's, it's, you're sitting in your quiet. Some things may be resolved, some not. As you're using your, your phrase here. Some may work out, some not. I mean, that's to be expected in this life. Not, it doesn't all have to get wrapped up for you to feel peace. I wouldn't wait for that. No, I, no, I don't want to. No. It's just that it's just that it's like it's like an insect yes, bite yes. when you first get it, yeah. and it's very itchy, yeah. and you're fighting the, the the desire to scratch it because you know if you scratch it, it's just gonna it's it gonna it's gonna be a, an hour of dealing with it, you know, instead yes. of ten minutes. Yes. But but and you know, you're saying, okay, I'm just gonna sit with it. I'm just gonna sit with it. I'm just gonna sit with it. Oh God, I just have to, you know. And so it takes some kind of muscular energy. It takes some kind of muscular spiritual energy for me to say, let it go, let it go. It's, it's going to nag you for a while. Yes. But as you drift away from it, it will nag less. Or just that you can find it. I sometimes say you don't have to stop the mind. You begin to notice the quiet that contains the mind. And I would say that this applies to the problems. That you don't have to stop the problem. You just allow your attention to sort of move into the quiet in which this problem and all the other problems of the world are occurring. That's right. So you get into much bigger space inside yourself that's just saying, okay, that this is happening now as well, along with everything else. Now this, right? And, and your, your steadiness is in this coexisting awareness that I speak about, which is just the, as we're using this phrase today, just the the, the peace. Right? You're, you're landing in the peace. You're just hanging out there. And yeah, there are problems and things that require what you hope is going to be resolution, but may not turn out to be resolution. And then what? Sometimes things just hang dangling. Those electrical wires are just live, hanging around. 
that's how it is in this world, you know, and you have to, in a sense, say yes to that. Now, I understand you're probably someone who's very responsible in your life, and so you want to have, you know, you want to fix things. If it's if there's a mess, you want to fix it. You know, you want to get it cleaned up. You want to get it resolved. To an erotic degree. <laughs> <laughs> and that's understandable, of course. It's understandable that the conditioning is there. But probably you've already noticed that it doesn't always work out so well, you know, that you can't control everything. You can't make it all work out nicely. And then what? Then do you just suffer it forever? Do you have it as that itch that just never goes away? Or do you just coexist with, okay, that's troublesome, but here's my, you know, beautiful moment that I'm living. This is the, this is the abode of sanctuary where I hang out. This is the quiet, the stillness, the ease, the flow, the river through, um, you know, the, the, the two banks of the river of your life, you know, love and really death. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you knew it in your heart. You know that that's, that's pretty it's much so it. much better than death and taxes. <laughs> you can have two banks. Well, you know, yeah, okay. So, but I think you're saying stop resisting, too, mm -hmm. because the one thing that if, if you're resisting this this thing that needs resolution, right. then it's just gonna. It gets I tighter. Th I think there's a. I think you can say yes to it. Maybe just say yes. yes. You can say yes to it, and in that yes, and in your quiet, your actions within the drama will be very impeccable, and you will be doing. You know, one of my girlfriends, <laughs> believe it or not, I had to talk to a different girl today. Mm -hmm. Who's organizing a big conference. And in New York in, in November, and she's in Australia, and she was due to talk to one of the sort of high-profile um, presenters. You know? Yeah. And so she said, "Do you have any advice about my going into this conversation?" And I said, "Yes, spend five minutes in silence before the call, and align yourself with your motivation for serving the greater good." That's, that's all I had to say. And she said, not visualize that, that he accepts the invitation. And I said, no, that part's not your business. Well, your only business is align yourself in your own clear intention and motivation for serving the greater good. And then let the chips fall where they may. Right? If he doesn't decide to come, so be it. You've done your part. So when you're sitting in the quiet, you are aligned in your sort of your highest place. You just are. You're you're in your your you know highest good automatically. Because you can see clearly, you feel clearly. You know your your empathy level is strong. You you see the bigger picture very easily, and then your words and your actions flow from that in a beautiful way. But that doesn't mean that it's all going to work out well, because there's so many other components in the equation, and often other components are operating from ignorance. And so you you just you know there's an old spiritual cliche where you know you give it to God, you know you basically 
you give it over, you give your, the fruit of your actions over to, to say, okay, I've, I've done my best from what I know at this very moment. And in your quiet, you have the best access to that very best. You just do. You have more energy, you know, more energy, more fortitude, more understanding, and less resistance to the outcome. And sometimes having less resistance to the outcome even sweetens the outcome. It makes your preferred outcome <laughs> more likely somehow, you know. When someone says, when someone really, when someone says to you that they have a preference, that it goes a certain way, and let's say it's, it's at odds with how you would like it to go, mm -hmm. they have a preference, but they're willing for it to go however it goes, or even if they're willing for it to go your way, it automatically in most of us will trigger a cooperative feeling. Right? Yeah. When someone is, is that magnanimous, you can almost, you almost sense it as I say the words. It makes you, puts you in a feeling of, well, it doesn't really have to be only my way. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's sort of axiomatic in yeah. human behavior. Isn't yes, it? it is. So all those things come with this quiet. You're just so willing to offer up, you know, your, your love and your, your energy and your clear seeing and your understanding and your lived experience in life, but much less attached to how that is accepted or played out. And that's another part of the quiet. That's another big part of the quiet, is that you're less attached to your outcomes. This has been In the Deep. If you'd like to know more about my work, book a private session by phone or Skype, or make a tax-deductible donation in support of these podcasts, which would really help, as it takes quite a lot of time and expense to produce them every week, please visit katherineingram.com. Till next time. <laughs>